Don't raise your eyes It's, it's only teenage wasteland Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. That's right. Oh, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. That's, uh, that's how you start an episode. Welcome to the Ruthless Variety, a special 75th extravaganza. 75 episodes already. And here's the thing is, Bob O'Reilly, all-time classic. When I want to get, like, pumped up, that's what I throw on. And yeah. that's what, you know, we, we had to bring it. Had to do it. This High is a energy. huge episode. Oh, huge. huge. Huge episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Tucker Carlson is with us today. Let's go. Let's go. The, you know, the people have been asking to pull this this guest in for a while now. Tucker made some time, came on the show. He even plays Demer Journo. I mean, this is this episode is really out of control. Truly historic. We have the first special guest as a player of one of the two marquee games here on the Ruthless Variety program, Demer Journo. Tucker, you do not want to miss this. Yeah, you this. don't want to miss that one. I mean, that was, I mean could be the best Demer it's, it is the best Demer journal we've had right? no I mean it's not even close it's not even close <laughs> we've done some great stuff that is in a different it's, level it, yeah you, you know what I appreciate is uh you know he'd never played the game but he immediately understood the rules un- unlike smug <laughs> he, he got it I mean he's, he's a sharp guy I'll tell you what like he, he dropped so much fire on there I guarantee we're gonna have like media matters and people mad at us oh yeah no welcome <laughs> welcome to all the libs yeah that are thank you you know have a thank good time you. all our, our media matters and trackers we're going to give you plenty of propaganda to pollute your brains for the next 35, 40 minutes before you get to the stuff that you're paid to do. <laughs> well, guys, listen. I got to compliment you, Duncan. Okay. okay. Um, this is rare, folks. I got to compliment you because we worked very hard to try to get some merch mm-hmm. to the people uh-huh. and we felt like you were dragging your fate a little. I wasn't doing that. I'm we felt artist. like it. But okay. it, you know, I mean, what we came to understand was that it was a quality control. It was. And since we've had an awful lot of merch drop. Yes. People are pleased. They are. People are pleased with the con- I already got my laptop. Like every every laptop, you can't see it in here, folks. Every laptop here's got the sticker on it. I got the hoodie. I guess the t-shirts in the mail. Oh, I mean, I- the merch is hitting so I got I got I got the the beater. Oh yeah, right? that's a classic for the summer. And I put it on this morning to walk the dog. My wife was like, "What the f are you doing? You're I'm gonna have you're gonna have paparazzi taking shots of you now." It's a real point. statement. It's a real statement. But here's where the compliment comes in. You have now unlocked more merchandise. I have, I have not only merchandise. We've also uh, gotten a rep, a dedicated rep uh, at. Teespring, well, now it's called Spring, um, you know, who who powers the store and, and fulfills the orders. So we have, you know, someone on, on there and a professional who can assist with the development of new merchandise. It's nice. Takes a little bit of the load off uh, off me, which is which is great um, and should help us put together a lot of more like custom products. And really what we ought to be doing is thanking all of you, the listeners, right. the minions Absolutely. who... 
managed to order enough where these people have to pay attention <laughs> yeah. to us. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that was quick, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think it's going to help, you know, with the production time and the fulfillment of orders. Hopefully we can get some faster uh, shipping and delivery or whatever. Anyway, long story short, we have a dedicated rep over there now that's going to help with some custom merch. So, you know, keep posted. Keep checking the store. We're going to be adding a lot of new stuff. What's the URL? It is store.ruthlesspodcast.com. Perfect. Or you can just go to the website and you should see it there in the navigation. And just be cool. You know, just roll with your homies with that stuff. I mean, it's so hot. I'm going to wear the thing just relentlessly all summer long. I mean, same. (laughs) Same. All right. I got to start with uh, last week's guest. That's right. Last week's guest, there was a story about today. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. American hero. An American hero in every sense. He donated his first quarter salary as governor of Montana to a drug treatment center. I mean, he's such a stand-up guy. Everyone who listened to the episode, you already knew that. So, you know, another quick shout-out, Governor Gianforte, doing an amazing job. Ah, he's just such a good dude. You know, the one thing that... that has occurred to me since we've been doing this podcast that I think I was insulated from before mm-hmm. is just how much talent is out there. Yeah. I mean, we, we we got folks, especially for governors, we got we got some conservatives out there making things happen. You I know, just, it, it, it's getting results and getting results fast. I everyone mean, we talk to, you know, today we talked to Tucker, the, the entire conservative side of the rink, in my view, is just flooded with talent. Yeah. And it, 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 the media would have you believe that we are pigeonholed into nothing, that we basically all are just like, you know, whatever they want to create us to be. It is just not true. You look across this country in terms of the governors, the senators, the reps, the, even the media personalities, man, we're ready to play. Right. And, and it, it's easy to develop that blind spot if you're just wrapped up in the day-to-day of Washington, D.C. and what's happening in the Capitol, and if you're reading CNN all day, you know, if you are if you read the subject lines of political playbook on, you know, the infighting in the Republican Party, you, you get a real blind spot for all the good stuff that's happening around the country. And that's what's great about Ruthless, is we can have these folks on, give them the platform to tell us what they're doing, and... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an incredible to be able to shine a light on what, you know, these folks are doing all around the country. It's just gratifying as hell. Um, I've got a mea culpa, fellas. Okay. Mm. Uh, I spent a large portion of my political communications career uh, attacking the liberal left for slipping in, uh, shall we say, less than desirable studies into larger appropriations bills oh right things that catch the eye yeah i i know the, like uh you know whenever there's a huge spending bill you hear it's like okay uh 2.3 million has been set aside to study snails yeah. having sex yeah right yeah and i always thought that sounded completely ridiculous i was wrong oh yeah i was completely wrong here's the payoff fellas wow here's the payoff uh it turns out that upon further review, mm-hmm. uh, monkeys have sex with deer. This is, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was shocking. It was <laughs> absolutely. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You can't just launch into this like it's a normal story. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, that's an incredible. It is a normal story. No, that was an incredible transition. I'll tell you what. That was like a Herculean feat to try to find a way for us to talk about this. Like a producer pulls this up, this story. 
from some scientific journal. It's like, I guess we can find a way to that. It's a serious scientific journal. A recent study in the journal archives of sexual behavior highlights a newly discovered instance of interspecies intercourse in central Japan. Apparently, adolescent female Japanese deer uh, or, or monkeys mate with the deer. I have so many questions. So, so I mean, like, you know. It's important information. I, I, I mean, you know, uh, I, I guess the point of science is for us to understand the world around us even better. But I mean, like, how how does the how does how does the monkey catch the deer to begin with for this to happen? Well, so you know? so I think number one, like from a logistical sense, this vindicates you, though, smug. I, I want to make that very clear I agree. because I agree because of, in in our horse fighting and animal fighting topics, you have said, "Don't mess with chimps." Mm-hmm. Extremely yeah, you know, extremely yeah. strong. Yep. They're like six Very times smart. Than They'll rip your face off. This is proof. Wow. That they oh, can wait. do Do you think it's under duress? I didn't see anything about this sexual behavior under duress. Well, clearly they're acrobatic and quick enough to catch a deer and 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 and, and put themselves Are in the position. Are we going to see this at like the uh, Tokyo Olympics? Like with the acrobatics? <laughs> do you want to know? know Do you want to know the quote from this article? I do, absolutely. Okay. I hope it's detailed. Yeah, let's um for our younger listeners, maybe you want to just sort of like uh, tune out for a sec. Um, monkeys sometimes playfully ride the deer rodeo style, <laughs> Gunst Lekka says. The new mounting behavior is definitely sexual. The females mount the deer and thrust their pelvis. I can't talk on this, dude. I have nothing to say that will like not get banned by app. <laughs> rodeo style? <laughs> it appears to be a female aggressor. I mean, wow. According to the quote in the scientific now it makes journal, sense. I'm I mean, imagine the this. deer who's like, you know what? Rodeo style, I'm, okay, I'm kind of okay with this. This situation. has me very worried, very Tr- concerned. And the reason why is simple. At the beginning of the COVID 19 pandemic, we heard a lot about how this virus, oh, you know, damn, maybe. Damn, that's a great point. Maybe came from, from bats. And that's then maybe, right. maybe it was from pangolins or, or whatever. Um, now, of course, people are giving serious uh, thought to the idea of a lab leak, something a lot of people, uh, conservatives especially. Were, Present company included. Yeah, we're, we're concerned about last year. But, you know, now the media is starting to play catch up. But this sounds like how you get another coronavirus. Yeah, this sounds like that. That's, this sounds like, but trust the science. Don't take my. <laughs> trust the, there you go. We got to trust, trust the experts. The science. Don't take my word for it. I'm not being, gra- I'm I'm not glad, being graphic. I'm, I'm reading the scientific I'm, journal. I'm glad they're monitoring it. This is a, this is a very important study. I'm glad we, you only get it here at the Ruthless Variety. That's right. We, we, are, you know, we trust the experts, and we bring the folks the scientific facts. That's <laughs> what right. we do. Well, we might want to do some more reproduction on the chicken front um, because I don't know if you fellas saw this, but it turns out the Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. that had a shortage of the sauce— mm-hmm is now having a shortage of the actual chicken. And it's like nationwide. It's across restaurants. This, I mean, you know, it, it didn't take long for Joe Biden to turn America into like a banana republic. Like, uh, it was a few months, you got gas lines. Okay. They're like, no, 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 no. Everything's going to be fine. Inflation numbers are like sky high. They're like, oh, you know, this is completely normal. This is just what happens when you, you spend trillions of dollars to pay people not to work. Totally fine, folks. You know, prices of lumber's going up, groceries are going up. Everything is everything is essentially more expensive, and now we even have like chicken shortages. This is like a Venezuela. This is very quickly becoming 
a Venezuela situation. I do we have to consult the scientists with the deer? Maybe we can figure out a better reproduction right. method. <laughs> Look, the only thing I have to add to this is <clears throat> the Duncan family uh, loves Chick Fil A. Yeah, absolutely loves yeah, Chick Fil A. As does mine. Um, we are Chick Fil A one signature members, which is uh, the, the the highest rewards tier of their they of have their a program. loyalty program they do they absolutely I feel, do i'm yeah, usually gotta, a, like a, a loyalty program dude like only the old man would know that and only the old man would be enrolled <laughs> in that not and only, he's hit the not, top tier not he's like only a platinum not only, not only are we guy not only are we enrolled they open the door when you roll up no. like you hit him in the app i'm coming Just red carpet situation it has well, to be dude. they invite you to the headquarters are for you, a, for a guided tour, dude. When you reach this level, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm not Factory. kidding. That's actually impressive. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. So, so I am a little bit of an expert. I say all that to say I'm a little bit of an expert. Here's what I would say. Number one, um, use their app in order and get the eight ounce sauces for your fridge, oh, totally. so that you never run out. Always, and you never have to worry about the situation. You got to develop a little bit of hoarding. Because then you, you always want to have extra sauce. Here's here's a slide part. So so in the app, yeah, you can get the sauces. You, you ever looked at the expiration date on them? You get like three months tops. How am I going through like eight ounces of Chick-fil-A sauce? Oh, dude, very, well, easily. very easily when you have 43,000 well, When you have children. Points. That's a good point. And, and you got a family and children. <laughs> yes. That makes more sense. Yes. I got I got Foldy who occasionally drops by and puts like Chick-fil-A sauce on God knows You'd be ones. like 450 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here, here's 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 the question when it comes to Chick Fil A. What's your order? Um, I like the spicy uh, chicken sandwich and the waffle fries. I'm a pretty standard guy, but I do like the spicy. One. Yeah, you gotta listen. I'm standard missionary. You give me number one. <laughs> you, give me, yeah. you give me the first chicken sandwich that they made that they made popular. I don't need any sort of like bells and whistles. It is good to go just get nugs on nugs on nugs. Though. That's the thing. You know? Have you had their grilled chicken nuggets? That's yeah, my order. They're great. I get like 36 of those things. And that's where you can really let your sauce game shine. Oh, yeah. You know, you do look a little chemist over there. Oh, Bingo. I do. Yeah. Some, Multiple dips. Yeah, I, do go. I like the sriracha. The, uh, oh gosh, what is it? It's the uh, like hot, spicy. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I roll with. Yeah. I get like right. 36 of those. I'm good to go. All right. Serious business for a minute. Okay. S1HR1. Yeah. This sucker's coming to the floor. Everybody on this program, everyone who listens to this program has done an exceptional job of letting their lawmaker know that this is in no way an effort to expand democracy or expand voting. And it is instead entirely designed to try to rig elections in favor of Democrats doing things like... Ballot harvesting. I mean... It's straight up just... I mean... It's federalizing elections right. throughout throughout stacking the throughout our history. Stacking All of the, the election procedures that are put into place. Taxpayer funded elections. Yeah, yes, taxpayer funded right. elections. Full like unmasking of nonprofits mm-hmm. is in this right. in this bill. Right. Um, you mentioned the the ballot harvesting, voter ID. Right. They do away with voter. So if your state or your community feels like it's important. To know who's voting, if this bill passed, they don't have a say in it. Here's here's the thing. So you brought up something interesting. So you said that it unmasks donors. There's there's a Supreme Court case where uh, NAACP versus NAACP uh, you know, groups try to force the NAACP to reveal their donors because right. I mean you know what they're doing. They, they want to intimidate wanted, them. They just yeah. want to intimidate them. They want to target them. Right. 
And I, that's essentially what you're seeing right now today with any conservative. There was a, there was a situation. Guys, there's, a, there's one there's one happening currently in California that's working its way right. through the through the California court. AFP, the conservative group. Yeah. And Becerra, the now HHS oh, gosh. guy. He's a disaster. When and a he half. was AG of California, he tried to force nonprofits right. to to disclose. Right? So what happened was they obviously sued. That's working its way up. I'm confident if that gets to the Thomas court. Thank God. We're Honestly, be like uh, truly every day I thank God for Justice Thomas. Oh man. Chief Justice Thomas. You know, the thing that's really interesting, uh, Holmes, and this just happened today is uh stace both stacy abrams and uh rafael warnock, warnock two of the two of the loudest voices against the georgia election reform yep. bill um have have begun to sing a little bit of a different tune and uh have both now stated we support voter id it's we've always so supported funny voter ID. it's insane it's so funny we've always and it was they literally called it Jim Crow. Right. They literally Stacey called it Abrams Jim Crow. Abrams called it Jim Crow for years. Cost them cost Georgia 100 million dollars in revenue by getting the MLB to remove the All-Star game. And now she's like, "Oh, hey, just kidding. Actually, voter ID's fine." I don't know what you guys got for that idea. For years. I mean, it was it was absolutely condescending to hear from yeah. Democrats that like people who aren't white, you know, it's difficult for them to figure out how to get an ID. Joe Biden said it's difficult for them to know how to use a computer. It was uh, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Bingo! It was it was honestly it was upsetting to 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 have that message coming from the Dems. Like, you know, how offensive can you be? Hopefully, they finally realize that honestly, uh, anybody can get an ID. You know, there's a reason that you you need to have a social security card and an identification. Like, if you should have an ID to get a pack of cigarettes or a six pack. You should have it to vote. So now they shift and they say, okay, I'm okay with voter ID. Uh, it wasn't racist. But they're it, not. But they're not. But here's the thing. They're not. They've seen right? the polls. Now. The problem is, is they're losing the argument. Right. They've and seen like, the polls. They're, they're trying to unring bingo. that bell. But it's hard to unring that bell when you call it a Jim Crow 2.0. Exactly. You weren't exactly quiet about it. So lock the door. Yeah. My point is, conservatives, here we are, right? They thought that they could empower corporate America to basically silence your voice about what is fair in, in elections in this country, that they could somehow say, like, because of the CEO of X and X company that right. lives in your community, that they weighed in and felt strongly, that all of a sudden everybody had to just accept it. That's mm -hmm. the new neo-democratic view of the world. It, it's something. It, it, it's, it's, and you're right. It's like a neoliberal corporatist view, it, like crossed with like woke capital. Right. Where, they, where they just try to push their viewpoint and be like, hey, listen, folks, we had 75 CEOs on a call. Yo, and they God. all agree. Oh, and like, you'd be so, and like, so nervous. And like five of them were calling in from Augusta because they were watching the masks. Yeah, right, they're like, right. yeah, I'll boycott Georgia. Right. Like complete clowns. <laughs> but the point is, is that because the media then declared it all over. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. the Democrats. Have won. They, they've gotten the CEOs involved. It's, it's over. Like all uh -huh. of a sudden, the Democratic view of election reform is going to be law of the land. But all of you who've been listening to this program and a lot of others have decided like, hell no, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to we're actually going to talk about this. And the polls have just gone south yeah. on these people. Yep. Right. And I talked to people in Georgia relatively frequently on the ground who said that I the, the backlash to the Georgia voting law backlash mm -hmm. right. is so significant that it has fundamentally changed the electorate there. People who are open for business for a Biden Democratic view of 
you know, peace, harmony, and whatever the hell they were selling in 2020 have just pulled back repulsively, pulled back and decided like, no, 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 we were sold a bill of goods. These people pulled our all-star game. They I mean, actually- that was a lot of money for local businesses, especially following a pandemic, especially for restaurants. Like, uh, you know, my heart breaks for so many small businesses. So many restaurants were forced to shut down and then they had a chance to have the all-star game just pump cash into their businesses and help out. Do you think it's a surprise that Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock are changing their tune right right after those Georgia special elections that we talked about on a previous episode where Republicans ran the table? Exactly. Huh. Gosh. So weird. Exactly. They're starting to see the red wave is coming. Yes. They're starting. You know, we, we should go into uh, right here. The, the the Granite State hopes the oh. red wave is real, folks. Dude, let's get real about this. So we have felt this. We have reported it. We've we have sort of refused to talk poll numbers unless they are state by state. Mm-hmm. Like the nationwide nonsense that Anything, you know, media puts you, together you are just completely feel. ridiculous. But if you look at the states that are going to matter in 2022, when you look at the Senate in particular, there's one state that stands above all else, and it's this great state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. right? Had a huge stake in presidential elections, a huge state in nominating presidential nominees. But the St. Anselm survey showed that Maggie Hassan, who's up for re-election, she has a 46 favorable, 49 unfavorable. Underwater. Amongst New Hampshire voters, right? It also showed that Chris Sununu, the sitting governor who, listen, if you're from New Hampshire, if you're listening to me and you're from New Hampshire, I need you to get your pen out. <laughs> yeah. And I need you to write a letter to Chris Sununu. Please, Governor Chris Sununu, do your country an immense favor. Stop the nonsense. Run for Senate. Uh, it, the numbers are bonkers. What are the numbers? His numbers are 67 favorable, 31 unfavorable. We can take the that. man walks on water. We Ooh. can take that. We can take that seat. He walks on water. It's a it's a throwaway. It's a, the, if he gets in that race, it's over. Here's the thing is I I have a feeling I think Stacey Abrams and Warnock kind of got ahead of the curve and understood, oh, man, we got we, a red wave is coming, folks. A red wave is coming. And you're going to see uh, other groups. The, 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 the sharper folks on the left have picked up on this, which is why they're you see these like dark money dem groups being like, hey, Breyer, retire. Because they're, they know yeah. they're going to lose the Senate. Right. They know they're going to lose the House. They know they better get what they can while the getting's good. I mean, they're asking a sitting Supreme Court justice to retire. <laughs> they're spending these damn dark money groups. Shout out Sheldon Whitehouse. You don't say a word about this. They're asking a sitting Supreme Court justice to retire because they're like, we're on the clock. They're just trying to grab everything this red in the wave house and run out. Yeah, right, before yeah. it burns to the ground. Well, especially if they can't get you know this S one you know HR one through, yeah. because that's their only hope. That is right? it, right? Because on paper on redistricting and all this stuff. They've already lost the House, just on paper, right? Yep. And if they lose the Senate, too, it's 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 all over for Biden. All over, all over. The other, and one other thing I want to say on this, and, and what I really love that we're talking New Hampshire, is I got to hand it to the Democrats. What they did a really good job of in 2020 is expanding the map. Mm. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Arizona 
and you know Florida and North Carolina, you, you, the states that are going to determine who has the majority yep. uh, in the Senate after the election in 2022, we got to expand the map. We got to look at places like New Hampshire yes. and find candidates who can win to give us a lot of paths to the majority. That is key. Yeah. Oh, entirely. I mean, look, that this is. I mean, you know this better than anybody. Yeah, this is what I've done for a living, basically my entire career. I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, Chris Sununu is the guy. Chris Sununu is the guy. This guy has been an unbelievable governor. I mean, you don't get in this day and age 67% of favorable bonk- ratings. And currently. Currently. In this day and age, <laughs> having navigated COVID. I mean, look at where governors That's, are at with their approvals yeah. after COVID. Yeah. This guy is walking on water. Everybody loves the job he's been doing, and he's principled as all hell. And the reason that he would consider doing this is because he can make a difference. And let me just tell you, the difference a 51-49 Republican Senate makes is immeasurable. Night and day. Night and day. Immeasurable. Like I tell folks, keep your eyes on the prize. We have to focus on these very important governor's races. The RGA is doing a great job. I, I, you know, I think we're going to have all the resources we need to win these important races. But we have to take back the Senate. All the Looney Tune stuff they want to do, ending the filibuster, packing the court, you know, trying to conf- <laughs> trying to force a, su- a sitting Supreme Court justice right. to get the hell out of there and, and, and put in, you know, definitely it's going to be some Looney Tune. They're going to find some just left-wing Looney Tune. Yeah. All this goes through the Senate. We got to take the Senate. And McConnell already said last week to-, to I loved it so He already much. said that in the fourth year of the Biden presidency, if they have the Senate- they're not confirming anybody. Boom. They're not doing it. They're going to hold fast, which is incredible. I mean, this, this should look, we're going to, from time to time on the program, we're going to tell you about one, uh, people who make differences, yeah. right? Candidates who are going to make a difference here. We're not going to hold back. We're not in the, in, in the business of trying to endorse in primaries. We let that be, you know, other people's decision. But this one, there is no other choice. Yeah. This guy needs to run. He's a magnificent governor. He's going to be a magnificent senator, and he's going to give us the opportunity to try to roll back this you nonsense. Know, I mean, it it goes garbage. back to, to this great uh, stonism. Roger Stone said losers don't legislate. That's the bottom line. You got to win. You have to win those seats. You got to win. You got to win. Listen, guys, let's not do any more uh waiting around should we let the f- folks have it people want i tucker mean everyone wants, to, everyone wants the tucker <laughs> i mean you know what we we had another topic but i'll tell you what the, the people want a tucker let's just go right to it let's give it i have the honor and privilege of welcoming to the program one of our absolute favorites the king of cable news tucker carlson tucker welcome thanks for having me Listen, man, this is this is really an honor. We are uh, we are huge fans, to say the least. But uh, oh, in all you. in all honesty, I think it might be the last public figure in America that has any sort of intellectual curiosity whatsoever about politically perilous topics. Yeah. On a night to night basis. So, like, just thank you for what you do. Well, I'm certainly curious. I mean, I, it's funny you said that. I, I, I disregard all compliments, but that's one I'll take because I. I'm not a genius. That's for sure. I think I probably have like mildly above average intelligence, but I'm super curious. That is, that is real. I want to know why things happen. That's why I went into journalism in the first place that and to have an interesting life. But I thought the whole point was 
just to ask obvious questions like why are they doing that you know and yeah, I, totally. I just, the the great disappointment for me and th- this is my 30th year doing this is that so few other people in journalism are even really interested in finding out why so funny you said that. i was just thinking about this this morning right after 9 11 i was hosting a show on cnn obviously i was horrified you know i had three little kids i just thought you know I was as upset as anyone else was. I went immediately over to the Middle East, covered the story, the whole thing, just like everyone else. But what was so striking to me was no one was interested in why it happened. Right. And I didn't have any, I had very conventional views on everything at the time. So I wasn't like a radical or trying to make some point about foreign policy. I, I didn't have interesting foreign policy views. I just had like very you know, conventional views. And, but I just, I persisted in asking like, well, why, okay, these guys are evil, obviously, but they all, you know, 19 of them killed themselves in order to do this. That's kind of a, a heavy commitment. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like I, I like things I feel strongly, but I'm not going to kill myself to get Hmm. them. So why did they do this? And I remember asking that question on the air and immediately got attacked by other journalists. Well, how dare you? I was like, what? And that's when I realized, I still don't know the answer, by the way, but I, that's when I realized, like, the job of a lot of journalists is to prevent you from asking questions. I, so I mean, I think, and that's the thing is, it's very striking to me of how it's almost like a monoculture in journalism. And, you know, your show and, and what you specialize in is asking these questions. And then do you think that's intertwined with the fact of why you are constantly essentially under, you know, attack with cancel culture? Well, I mean, I don't even care because, <laughs> you know, I'm so, you know, I've made the mental break and I just don't, I, you know, people are like, oh, you know, the New York Times is liberal and, you know, we don't like them. And it's like, I, I will say I am like at least four steps ahead of that to the point where I, I honestly just don't care. Totally <laughs> well, you can tell. I mean, I think they say. I think that's the secret to your success. Honestly, it's, it's the idea that you're just sort of in pursuit of of the honest answer to questions that nobody else is asking, which... Well, and they're all stupid questions, by the way. I've never asked a sophisticated question in my life. <laughs> I don't know that I'm even capable of it. I mean, I ask, like, the really dumb questions, like, why'd you do that? How do we know that? Yeah. Are you sure? You know, it's like nothing sophisticated. I mean, this is not Derrida here. This is, like, you know, freshman seminar stuff. Well, I gotta... So, I just... Yeah, it's just... I want to ask you about that, though, because you started in this business at a really young age, right? I mean, you were you were hosting Crossfire basically as a kid in this in this line of work, which is amazing in in a whole lot of respects. But, you know, you fast forward. Here you are the top cable news show. That's a hell of a career arc. I don't I mean, yeah, I guess, but it doesn't, you know, nothing, (laughs) nothing feels that way when you've lived it. I mean. I'm 52 for one thing, which is pretty old, you know, <laughs> like a hundred years ago, I'd be dead. And so, you know, I, you know, so there's that. I've also bounced around a lot. I mean, I've been at Fox for 12 years, but I spent four years before that at MSNBC. I got fired ignominiously, you know, ran out of money, had to sell my house before that. I worked at CNN for many years. I was totally unhappy there. So for me, it, it, it feels like doesn't feel like victory. It just feels like another sort of weird interlude in what has been a really weird, but interesting life, you know? And, and, you know, you, I want to go back. You, you brought up that uh, you ask essentially 
you you called them dumb questions. I think they're like the honest no, no, questions. No, the that dumb aren't asked. questions. Like but but, but they're the questions that go questions. completely unasked, you know. Uh especially in the media climate we have, it's it's kind of like uh the mainstream media is essentially just like talking points that have been handed to them. Um like one of the things I appreciate the most is you you take everyone at, you know, equal uh intellectual footing. You know, you you what they say is what you respond to. Um, I remember there's this video uh, from a while back uh, that had you and I, I, I don't know where this gentleman was from, the Howard Stern show or something, but you're fishing in Central Park and he he walks up. It was kind of like one of these like attack videos where they're trying to do like a gotcha and get someone upset. And like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm fly fishing. And they said, well, how does that work? And you just calmly explain to this individual, you know, your interest in fly fishing, how you fly fish. And, and it's, it's something that you never see, you know, it's a very rare interaction because the way that, you know, the most media interactions are designed for is, is to elicit like a response. Like it's already expected what the result is going to be. Right. Well, I'm interested. So I've, I'd like to be surprised, you know, I mean, that guy who I'd never heard of before and no idea who he was and he had no idea who I was, but he later died of a heroin OD. Said, wow. Right? But yeah, but the one thing I remember, I tie uh, flies, you know, fishing, you know, trout flies and bass flies and saltwater flies, and I just, I'm a fly tire. So um, it's an obscure hobby. I will concede that, but where <laughs> I live, it's pretty mainstream, and you know, I live in a rural area where a lot of people tie flies, so it doesn't seem weird to me. But he he said, "What are those?" I said, "They're flies," and he's like, "Do you catch them?" <laughs> right <laughs> i was totally baffled he thought i meant like i was fishing with house flies <laughs> it's a perfect disconnect it's incredible like, well, i mean do you find how much of your career do you find that you're trying to translate middle america like regular americans to the liberal elite like i know that they're not your audience but like it seems to me that so much of media has it's almost like a foreign exchange project where they're trying to figure out how these people live. And it seems to me like you, you've always been able to sort of cut through all that and, and ask the questions that people are, across the country are, are asking. Well, that's the weirdest thing about my life and where everything has turned up now is that, you know, I am the last person to be a spokesman for like working class America. I mean, I grew up in La Jolla, California in an affluent family and then moved to Georgetown. Then I went right. to boarding school, you know? Right. So it's like, I, my, the only advantage that I have is not, you know, I'm not a son of Appalachia. My dad was not a coal miner. He was a network news correspondent, but uh, the advantage is twofold. One, I've spent you know, part of every year for my whole life in a really rural area where I now live. So I do have a connection to, you know, like an actual connection to people who, you know, can't afford to go to the dentist, which is common where I live. Um, so there's that. But mostly it's I understand how rich people think because I am one. Oh, I've always been in that world. I I'm not ashamed of it. It's just true. And and I know exactly how they think. I mean, because that's my world. Mm -hmm. And I really intensely dislike them. And I mean that. Yeah. I don't dislike people for having money. I dislike people for not taking up the responsibility that comes with privilege. That's what infuriates me. You know, I'm, I'm an Episcopalian, the last one probably, but it was beaten into <laughs> us as a, as a kid. No, I'm serious that like with privilege comes responsibility to whom much is given, much is expected. Uh -huh. Like that is 
core tenet of old-fashioned mainstream Protestantism. You know, you're blessed, and so it's your duty to help the people around you, not cure malaria in Congo, but like the people <laughs> who work for you. And, and, I, I, you and know, I think that's really interesting, uh, you know, because you're, it's a rarity on cable. Essentially, you know, cable news, mainstream media is just like towing the party line. But yours is is way outside of like any conventional, like this is exactly what this party believes. This is what you're supposed to say. And it's a very unique situation that you're in because it's, there's no there's no party orthodoxy that you would hear. Yeah, to. you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, Tucker, that that's the thing that's that's so fascinating. Uh, you could be hammering Republicans or Democrats. It's just kind of you. It's your point of view, which is just it's unique. I think that. Well, but why would I care? I mean, that's the, the funny thing is. I mean, I work for the Murdochs who, you know, have been wonderful to me. So, of course, I love them. But even if you don't love them, you know, they're like the last publishers, you know, owners who allow their employees to say whatever they want. So I have actual editorial freedom in a way that very few do. So I got that going for me. Second, as as noted, I'm in middle age. I mean, beyond middle age, 52 is like, I'll be dead at 110. So I'm past, you know what I mean? So you're, you're making like, me feel like I'm would, a million years old, by the way. This is, <laughs> like, why would you care? That, that's the thing I've never, and I'm happily married and I have been for 30 years. So it's like, why do I care what, you know, some douchey fact checker at Reuters thinks? Like what I don't understand. Like that just doesn't even make sense to me. I don't know them. So, I, so this is what's really interesting to me. Is, to me. Okay. Yes, is, is like so you, what? you see other networks like CNN whose ratings have just like completely collapsed, you know, uh, since President Trump left office. And it seems like they're constantly hunting for like, you know, uh, the new Trump, like the new focus of their ire to try and, and gain back their viewers saying that like, okay, this is an existential threat to a republic. And it's, you know, a lot of CNN seems to be trained on, on trying to tell their audience that Tucker Carlson is an existential threat to our republic. Um, <laughs> as, it's incredible. It, as I guess That's, they're trying to get ratings from it, but like you have no television? No, 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 no. We've never had TV at our house. That's no, amazing. Never. And no, my wife's pretty against TV and we just never had it. And so we don't, we don't have it, but, um, so, you know, but I watch clips that, you know, we get for the show or whatever, but I have a very limited sense of what people say about me. I know what my family thinks of me and the people I love, which is a pretty large group. I have a lot of friends, but you know, beyond that, if like that, that weird unit kid on CNN doesn't like me, I mean, so what (laughs) (laughs) more broadly is that, um, these are people who are reflexive defenders of the regime, the establishment, the people who already have power, who don't mm-hmm. need defending. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And I just find that <clears throat> a grotesque orientation for journalists. I mean, the whole point, the reason we exist is to push back on behalf of people who have no power against people who do, period. That's, that's right. The whole, that's the whole team. That's why we're protected in the Bill of Rights in the, in the First Amendment and to flip that on its head and to become like a defender of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and everyone in Dushistan, like Dushistan. That's immoral. <laughs> you're not, you're not supposed to do that. Like I'm very, I mean, is there anything people are like, Oh, CNN is liberal. No, it's not. Guess who's liberal. Me. Like I believe in due process and I think you should leave weird people alone. If someone's got strange, 
religious or political views and wants to have a compound and have nine wives, leave them alone. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean it. They don't (laughs) feel that way. Their view is anybody who challenges the people in power must be crushed. They're a Praetorian guard. They're like lackeys. They're bootlickers. Yeah, for it's really something else. Do you think, and like, do you that's think, disgusting to me. Do you think they have voter ID in Dushistan? <laughs> I know because I don't even, there's no voting in Dushistan. <laughs> it's a complete autocracy. I, just, I love it you think so that's much. Weird? I, I have to train myself not to call them liberal because they're not. They absolutely they're aren't. authoritarian. Yeah. You know, ooh, I mean, why are they mad at me? Because I'm so right wing. I mean, really? How am I right wing? I mean, I'm I'm super pro-life, pro-family. I'm very in favor of the patriarchy or whatever, you know, I guess. But does that mean I'm right wing? No, not really. They don't like me because I occasionally call bullshit on the people who have a lot of power. But that's my job. And I think someone should do that. And, and honestly, that was hate. That's what journalism was supposed to be. You know, you you provide comfort to the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So it's the only purpose. It's the only reason. I mean, the system was literally set up to have journalism as a balance against people with power. And whether and by the way, whether that's the government, which is too vast for the average voter to understand, or whether it's, you know, the tech monopolies or corporate America, like you shouldn't be or by the way, pharma. I look up and like every everywhere I turn, I see reporters working as vaccine salesmen. And I'm like, I'm for vaccines. I've had a million vaccines and given my kids a million vaccines. I'm not against vaccines. That's for sure. But like the harm rate from the covid vaccines is it's without precedent. It's extraordinarily high, extraordinarily high by any measure, much well, higher but, than any vaccine in my lifetime. Listen, you're, so, you're playing a you're playing a symphony for a lot of our people. Here. No, but like, I, but honestly, if if you see those numbers and like, I don't know what they mean. I'm not a scientist. I was a Russian history major, but I can read like a simple graph. And you look at those numbers and you're like, okay, my job is to make sure that nobody knows this, so they'll continue to use this product made by this big pharma company. If you conclude that, you have to ask yourself, like, what am I doing with my life? You know, you know? I, I think you really so you really nail it when you say essentially what has become of journalism is they are just spokespeople for like the regime, just like the establishment. Yeah. And and one of the things that we do here on Ruthless is we play this game called Demorgerno, where- uh, we, <laughs> You got we me ha- so spun up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't take much. It, it's incredibly difficult to discern between the two, which is why we love this game. We get, uh, you know, Michael Duncan, can we have you? So tell us the rules of, of Demorgerno. Sure, yeah, so, so Demorgerno, uh, I go ahead and I read four statements, three of which are uh, by members of the media and one that's by a Democratic operative. Um, labeled one through four, I read all four. And then you three uh, need to guess who is the Dem operative. I mean, Tucker, this is really exciting. This is our first celebrity guest on Demer Journal. This is a game we take great, great pride. In. We can banter it around a little bit, however you want to handle oh, it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Workshop it a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But we like okay, this. I'm very psyched. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this thing rolling. All right. Demorgerno, 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 Demorgerno. 
your journal. Nobody knows. Statement number one. President Biden was firm. He said there would be grave consequences if Russia meddled in our elections. This all is right. all this is all themed on on Biden, the G7 and the Putin Biden summit. All so right. that's that's statement number one. OK, OK. Statement number two. The president made it extremely clear today. He is under no illusions. This is not about trusting Vladimir Putin. President Biden says this is about verifying and then trusting. Hmm. Mm. Mm. That's statement number two. OK. Statement number three. Okay. He said just two days ago, verify, then trust. <laughs> they really playing that. Oh, you know, who, which one, which one? Are they both journals? I don't journals? know, but that's like it, the best part about that one is it's a press secretary that they're actually repeating. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so that's tough. I mean, that way it could be either. And so uh, statement number four, the adults are back in charge. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a tough game. This is tough. It's a tough game, Tucker. So, so, so I know that that can't be from a Democratic operative or office holder because even they have more self-respect. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I talk florid. it through. I mean, that's just too purple. Wait, what? Can you read the first one about his firm abs? <laughs> sure thing all right so statement number one again is president biden was firm he said there would be grave consequences if russia meddled in our elections goodness it wasn't turgid i kept waiting for the phrase his chiseled jaw <laughs> but um, <it> never arrived. <laughs> the payoffs <laughs> in the next paragraph, perhaps. This, this image of, of like a romance novel. Oh man! <laughs> so, so here's the way we could do this. I think it's only fair for Tucker to to walk through first to to give his pick because I don't want to influence one way or another. Okay. Uh, and I feel like he should have first whack at this yeah okay and, well and so i'm gonna follow your lead on this so i i the first one that he's turgid I, I i'm gonna have to believe that no no one who works for biden could take that him seriously enough to say something like that so i'm gonna right. have that same with the four but okay. i'm gonna follow your i thought incisive observation that three and four pivots against each other in other words one of them came from a spokesman the other was regurgitated by one of the shills in the media right so this is so good i'm gonna think that the least wordy and, and let me just note at the outset that all of them are identically repulsive exactly. so it's just, yeah it's just kind of a shell game you're like gypsies in the park i know that's the thing for my money because like it's right it's been rigged but um i would say number three is crisper mm. and so that is most likely from some kind of democratic official Interesting. Oh, that's a good a guess. Really so good Tucker guess. picks number three. That's a really good smug. What's your uh, how you ballpark? This well, thing? so here's the thing is I, you know, all honestly, all of these feel very embarrassing to me. I can't. So so that makes me think they're all journals, but there has to be one damn operative. <laughs> uh, this is probably the, the hardest crop I've had to pick through. So this I just I just I just coin flip this. I just I, I hit a random number 
I pulled it up. Number two is my guess for the dem operative. It's Extreme, the extremely to clear. Yeah, made extremely went, clear today. Went pure just on on instinct. Zero fact. Right, I'm so just guessing two. Can I can I get a two? Can I get a reread of number two? Sure. The president made it extremely clear today. He is under no illusions. This is not about trusting Vladimir Putin. President Biden says this is about verifying and then trusting. Oh, and that also feels like cleanup mm. when like, you know, he had his like brain fart or whatever, where he was like, oh, yes, I trust him. You know, when, 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 he, when he told <laughs> yeah. the journalists, he trusts all, him. All, all media is really clean up. For this right. <laughs> so I think I think Tucker is absolutely right. That one in four have got to be. They can't. There's no self-respect. There's staff that would say something like that. The real question no, is, because if you're with people. the guy in a closed door meeting and you see what it's really like. You know, you see the plugs up close. You're like, you know, there's only so much bootlicking I can do. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I've got a wife or whatever. Like, other people love me. There's a there's a depth below which I can't sink. But if you're in the media, by definition, I mean, you've like clawed your way up the local news ladder to get to your stupid daytime anchor slot on MSNBC. So there's nothing. <laughs> all right, all right, oh. I think I'm going to have to, I, I think I'm going to have to go with two. If only for, if only because I feel like smug, you're right. That it's a cleanup exercise that it's not because they had so much. Pro- the, the thing is, it was never extremely clear, which is why that like Caitlin Collins, CNN thing became a big deal. And like, it wasn't clear to anyone that, that he did anything productive yeah. at the G7, much less with Vladimir Putin. So if you're saying it's extremely clear, if that's a journo, this is a, this is a different level, right? No, this, you're. You know what? That's very smart. I totally agree with that. I'd like to. I'd like to change my answer to two. You totally. That's how impressionable I am. How we're all on two. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get it. What is it, Tucker? You were right the first time. It's oh, number three. Wow. wow. <laughs> you should have went with your instinct. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. It, it goes to show you're a half step ahead of the game, yeah. my man. Yeah. That, that <laughs> well, was so that's the, why that, that was always my trick on the SAT. Just go with go with your first guess. That's it, right. It's magic but, and intuition. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. But you won me over when you said if that's a journalist saying that, that is a new level. And actually, as I and I guess there's no there's no depth to which they can follow this. Can, can we get a quick reading oh, of who these people are? Yeah. So first of all, number two, the one that is really embarrassing that you guys all pick. That was Cecilia Vega from ABC. Uh, number three, with Tucker, that you picked uh, first was correct. That's Kate Bedingfield. Um, okay. From the, the Biden, Biden White House. people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used num- to work for her dad. Her dad was the president of CNN. No oh, kidding. Wow. Yeah, um, mid betting field. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, the one that was cringe and embarrassing and no self respecting person would say, the adults are back in charge. That was Chris Saliza. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. Not really. <laughs> of course, that's Saliza. Uh, and then number one was Yamish. Uh, oh, yeah. PBS. Yeah, uh, that, me, that feels so, right. That feels is that right. how you pronounce her name? Yamish? Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, you know, look, that's she's a hell like, of a game. She's so far out. I kind of give her respect. She's just like a BLM activist who's got a, a gig at PBS. Saliza, who I've known for a long time, is, you know, a perfectly nice guy, actually. I don't, I just don't think whenever, and I'm totally opposed to gun control, but I don't think you should hand loaded weapons to children because they're not ready for it. <laughs> and every time I see Saliza, I'm like, he should not have 
a job where his opinions get broadcast to other people at all. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? I'm not right. Like I yeah, should not yeah. be a structural engineer because I can't so successfully park a car. Uh, I love that. So much. So it's not, I'm not judging or anything. I'm just saying like crystal is, it should be nowhere near a camera or a keyboard. He should, his real interest in life is field hockey. I'm not kidding. His wife's a field hockey coach. He, I've always liked Sal is a totally nice person, but you know, he should be, he should do that. You know, <laughs> field hockey. I love it. Tucker, I got to get you out of here, but I have three questions very quickly. Your last meal on earth. What would it be? Oh, it probably what I have for lunch every day. Um, I have an apple and organic peanut butter every day. Come on. And a Perrier. That's a good lunch. Every single day. I try never to vary. And I think I would have that because I, I eat green apple and peanut butter like daily. You're a disciplined man. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm really not. But I have lunch at my counter while eating that with my dogs every single day. And I really, really like it. And there's something about a last meal. that reminds me of Ricky Ray Rector or any other condemned man. You know, it's always like a strawberry shake and like some yeah. basket of wings from Popeye's, you know, they always kind of do it up. And I, I think my last day I'd like to just do what I always do. Any, every other day. I love it. All right. So if you didn't get into this line of work at all, what would you be doing with your life? Oh, I, I mean, I always wanted to be a carpenter. Um, like a cabinet, you know, cabinet maker, not a framing carpenter. I worked as a carpenter in the summers and I always loved it. I don't know if my math is good enough. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to be was a history teacher. I love history. Oh, so I love, good answers. I love that. Things. But at this point, I would probably be like a timber framer. That's what I'd really like to do, where you work outside, you know, and take beams and cut mortise and tenons you know that'd be great yeah. i mean these days that's pretty much like an asset manager a hedge fund with the wood prices <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's ridiculous. i have a friend one of my closest friends runs a sawmill and there's a sign i just drove by this morning in front of his house said no more logs because you know wood prices have not risen at all like stumpage fees are the same it's, it's it at the lumber it's at the lumber level yeah. no lumber's fine or the it's, it's at the uh, log level yeah yeah, that's crazy. All right. So here's the last question. This one people tune into a lot. What motivates Tucker Carlson more? The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Oh, there's no thrill in victory. I've there I've never go. had a victory that thrilled me. I'm serious. Getting getting what you want is the gravest disappointment in life. It, may it never happen to you. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I'm going to jump in. You discover it's not actually what you wanted, you know. I'm going to jump in with you the, rip the wrapping right off, and, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'm not any happier than I was." <laughs> than I was. <laughs> well, I'm no, going to jump in I with mean, the fourth question. No. Are, are so you know the world wants to know: Are you running for president? Oh God, come on! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be running for. That seems like a fun job. <laughs> I'm sure my four children would love that. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. No, no. Well, we like I've you. I've known and talked to every president, you know, for a while, for like more than 30 years. And, you know, I can't think of anyone who, whose life was improved by that. I mean, I guess if like I was the last person on earth who could do it, but I mean, that's, it seems pretty unlikely <laughs> that I would be that guy. You know what I mean? You never know. You never know. I'm a Listen, talk show host. I enjoy it. 
Tucker, I can't thank you enough. This has been an absolute blast. We love it. Thank oh, you for man, joining thanks us. for having me. You bet. You bet. All right. Take care. I, I Playing Demer Journo with Tucker Carlson is the fa- my favorite thing that we've done on this show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't believe we actually got to start a company that does this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the most fun I've had in a, a, you know, it's a good amount of time. He nailed the game. He nailed the game. You guys talked him off, but, you know, but he was right. He was right. He, he was right. He, he, He's got oh. such great instincts. You know, that's what I love about that's him. That's why he doesn't have a TV. Don't let anyone tell you what and, to and think. He, he has great instincts, and he, and, and he doesn't have an ego about what he does. What, what I was really impressed by, and, and uh, it reminds me a little bit of Joe Rogan in, in one key way, and that is he doesn't think he's better than anyone. Or smarter than anyone. Yeah, totally. And and you know he's going to ask questions, what he considers stupid questions, but sometimes that's the best question because it's the question that actual people would ask. And, you know, and who do you think's watching you? What's you know, it's not other journalists unless they want to write a story about how you suck. And who cares about them? Right. I mean, what's really struck me is just how genuine he was about it. Yeah. When he when he explained, he was like, "I just you know I'm just asking these like dumb questions, especially in the media where like." It's all just a facade, right. you know, where they're just putting up a front. He was completely genuine about what he does, why he does it. He's like, listen, man, I, I, I got a wife. I got a kids. I like having, you know, yeah, apples and peanut butters with my dogs. He's got a great <laughs> perspective on what's important. I think that's why he's doing so well. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you put your finger on this, Duncan, the, the intellectual curiosity piece is really important. Yeah. And it's important in the conservative movement as much as it is just in, you know, the world as it is. Like he brings up a lot of topics that I don't agree with him on. Yeah. Right? Like I'm a pro vax guy. He doesn't see it that way. He wants to ask questions about it. Those are very fair questions. Right. Those are very fair questions. The fact that you can't ask those questions without being shouted down or canceled in today's society. I mean, there's 300 million people in this country who've taken a oath of faith that the scientific community and their government has done the right thing with this particular vaccine. I mean, you I happen to agree with that. I happen to think for my, me and my family, it is the right thing. But the question should always be asked. That's the thing is, is, you know, you were not allowed to ask a question if this came from a lab. You'd be removed for asking that for a year. I think the whole the entire premise and the purpose of journalism is ask the question and be skeptical by default right challenge power but by that's, default that's what journalism is right. you know that's what it is that's right. what it was supposed to be and you know the, everybody every journalist will say this guy's not a journalist he might be the very definition of it i love it that's perfect what a closer folks you you know we we had a hell of a lineup that's why we brought a special third episode this week it's a lot of work, but you know what? As long as we have such wonderful listeners and these numbers, I mean, they're, they're let's spectacular go. Spectacular numbers. Yes, so good. Let's we are go. So grateful to our listeners. To the moon! <laughs> so, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.